Welcome to the Efficient Private Clients podcast, where we delve into the intricacies of the financial world and bring you our latest market and economic expertise. Today, we continue our look at local versus global investing. I'm your host, Carl Papi, an investment specialist at Efficient Private Clients. And once again, we're joined in studio by Renier Fonsel, our portfolio manager. You mentioned in our last session that in the short term, there might be some problems around developed markets. We also previously spoke on the podcast about opportunities in China this year. Do we see similar opportunities for South Africa? Good question, Carl, because that's the question on everybody's lips at the moment that can't take funds offshore. Uh, Let's quickly recap on what we said in the previous uh, Spotify episode. We spoke about, as you mentioned, the problems in developed markets. We spoke about elevated inflation over the last two years or so. We spoke about central banks coming to the party, raising interest rates, which has really started to have an effect on global growth um, also. And eventually that will find its way onto the income statements of specific companies. So we know that we should be active in this environment, but unfortunately, you know, when growth and inflation has an impact on the markets, usually it affects most of the companies out mm-hmm. there. Uh, so that being said, as South African investors, our problems are twofold. We know that the currency at the moment, the rand, is extremely weak. We know that the dollar is quite strong still Mm -hmm. uh, for a couple of reasons. Last year the dollar strengthened because of the uncertainties globally so investors go and hide in the dollar and simultaneously central banks have have hiked interest rates, the Fed, the US Fed more specifically, uh, which have made it more attractive to buy dollars because you're earning higher interest. Yes, yeah. On the other hand, the RAND has been extremely weak for reasons that most South Africans know, uh, because of our grey listing, because of the decaying infrastructure, because of uh, load shedding being persistently now at stage six. But then also, uh, you know, more recently, our government's decision to not fully but partially side with the Russians. Yeah, sometimes the silence would have done us a better job. (laughs) That's sometimes a bit better, Carl. So that risks us being kicked off from the AGOA agreement with the US. Mm. And simultaneously, we know that the Europeans are also actively considering placing sanctions on South Africa. Some proper implications that could yes. come as a result. Yes. So um, the same re- uh, factors have also weighed on our local markets, on some mm-hmm. of our companies. Um, but if you have a look at, you know, just the sentiment on the JSE, longer term, the sentiment is still negative. People still don't really trust the JSE because over the last decade, the amount of companies have halved on the JSE. The liquidity has reduced. It now takes more than 750 days to trade the whole market. Mm. Whereas a couple of years ago, it took less than 350 days. If you, the breadth of the market has also decreased. If you look at the top 40 as a percentage of the whole JSE, it's sitting now at 82%. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, it was at 76%. Sure. So there are these longer term concerns on the JSE. But you know, then you have to ask yourself, why is the JSE trading close to an all-time high? And the reason for that is because our market is not the economy. More than 70% of revenues of JSE-listed companies are generated offshore. Yes. You know, so obviously with a weaker rand, these companies have benefited, uh, which is quite good. So if you then look at some of those players, those rand hedge and dual listed companies, you have to ask yourself what will happen to them then if the rand start to strengthen again. You mm-hmm. know, Richemont is trading close to all-time highs at the moment for several reasons. 
um, you know, I think it's justified. More recently, you've seen the Chinese econ economy reopening again after they've been locked down for a full year. The impact of that has been positive for Richmond. Also, the outlook of the next year or so is also positive for Richmond. So the benefits of that can actually offset yeah. a strengthening rand. Yeah. Simultaneously, you know, the likes of Anhauser and Bats, you know, th those, those can fall. You know, if the rand were to strengthen, if they don't have those offsetting impacts, they don't have the benefits of a Chinese economy reopening. Yes. You know, over the over the next year or so, and then in Naspash, uh, we know that they've been driven by the biggest asset Tencent, which have also benefited from this reopening of the Chinese economy. We know that uh, Naspash is actively selling off their Tencent, buying back their own stock, which has essentially led to them reducing the discount of their own value to their underlying assets, which is quite good to see. You know, for process that discount to their net asset value standing at 25%, for Nasdaq it's closer to 15%. But they have this floor below the stock where they're buying back their own stock, which is good. Yes. Now, if you look at other segment of the market and you look at South African Inc, for the lack of a better word, mm. over the last decade, you haven't made money. South African Inc. Unfortunately not. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, you know, for, for several reasons. But if you break those down and you specifically look at our banks, for example, so there's opportunities in our banks. At the moment, they are trading at relatively large discounts. On a forward multiple, they're trading closer to eight times earnings. In certain instances, these banks have higher dividend yields than their forward multiples, which is basically unseen. Mm. I, I can understand why banks are trading so cheap. You know, the recent banking crisis in the U.S. have led to that. Upset things a little bit. It has. A deteriorating local economic backdrop. You know, offshore investors reflect their view of the economy through our banks. That has weighed on the banking sector. Mm. And then also our bank's exposure to the operations up in Africa, where there's also more problems. But if you want to own banks and you have a three and five year view, there is money to be made. You know, especially given the valuation still, we still have some of the best capitalized and best regulated banks in the world. Uh, F&B was voted the best bank in the world just the other day in Capitec yeah. number two. Mm. You know, so uh, at certain valuations, these banks just make sense. Yeah, no, definitely. And they preferably, if you see the economy starting to pick up, you want to own some of the lowest quality banks like APSA mm. and for example, yeah, so NetBank. All upside. Yes, you don't want to then necessarily own Capitec or First Rand. Uh, other segments of the market is in Talcos. There we like MTN at the moment. Uh, MTN has struggled as of late because of their prepaid business that have struggled. They're also considering exiting some of their businesses in West Africa, which have not been performing well. But if you're buying MTN now, you're essentially getting their fintech business, which is 61 billion rands for free. That's a big asset yeah. that you're getting for free. And from a valuation point of view, it just makes sense. We also like Vodacom. We like the fact that they're expanding into new segments and markets away from their more mature South African operations. Mm -hmm. But valuation-wise, MTN is a preferred player. And then obviously we know Telcom has pulled back by quite a lot. That's actually starting to look like a takeover target at the moment. And then just on the retailers, uh, Clicks is holding up better than this game. This game is struggling because of the cash-strapped consumer mm -hmm. and also the inflationary environment. It's 
weighing on the margins. Yes, yes. The skim is weathering that environment a bit better. Uh, we also like the fact that uh, oh, Clix is, Clicks is, Clicks is yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> weathering that environment a bit better. But then Clix is also looking to expand. Mm. So they, they want to open up another 1,200 stores sure. over the next three years. It's a lot of stores. That's a lot of stores. And we think it's doable. Mm. So mm. Clix definitely. And then some of the other clothing retailers like the Fushini Group, for example, have struggled now because they had these points of cost of having to buy generators yeah. at the end of the Keeping year the lights on. to keep the lights on at least 80% of their stores must keep the lights on via generators yeah, that's to. their goal yeah. you know but somewhere that's also being built into the base mm. of mm. earnings so we like the Fushini group and their assets but we will wait for the right uh, price yes. to go and buy the asset and then you just have to mention the commodity player when you're speaking about south african market so mm -hmm. we've seen now most recently the copper market has been in contango which means that the supply has outstripped the demand so the prices have declined then also the iron ore prices have also come down so that hasn't boded well for some of our companies yes, yes. but in that space you're seeing that vehicle production is picking up again mm. which will bode well for the likes of our platinum players Impala, Northern etc. Yes these companies are also having to contend with load shedding so they have to buy generators or you know put in place a solar which is also once of costs but then somewhere that's in the base so we're looking to also pick up some of our commodity counters at the right levels and also mm. then a weaker dollar will also bode well yeah. for some of these commodity players. From our side, that some of the opportunities in the local market, um, whilst we're struggling with opportunities in the global market, mm. thanks for having me. Oh, perfect. I think whether it's local or whether it's global, you need to keep on investing. Thank you. Mm.